0: Welcome back to the Year Worth Knowing podcast. This week, it's going to be a little bit more lighthearted, fun, and maybe, hopefully, it will make you laugh and relate to this topic because we're going to be talking about social anxiety in the city. Welcome to the Year Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Roxana Alexandru from Honest Rocks, and I am obsessed with social anxiety. After a decade of trying to figure out how to manage it on my own, I'm on a mission now to share every little insight I've gained along the way. Every week, we'll get just a little bit closer to unraveling the mystery of it so you can live the best version of yourself, because you are worth knowing. Let's get to it. And I thought this would be a fun topic to tackle because 55% of us live in an urban area. We find ourselves colliding with strangers, neighbors, and people of all sorts, daily. And if you're in a big metropolitan area, city, whatever the case may be, chances are that you are walking around, you're not necessarily using a personal vehicle, so you're taking public transportation. So if that's the case, you might relate a little bit more to this episode today because I am taking a lot of these examples and situations from my current life and my lifestyle of living here in Amsterdam. Now, life in a city is stressful by itself. And adding social anxiety on top of that is just not cool. Not cool at all. I can't express how much more frequently my social anxiety has been triggered since I moved to Amsterdam a few years ago than when I lived in the American suburbs, where I spend most of the time commuting in a car about two to three hours a day. There are almost no sidewalks anywhere. And you'd be crazy to actually walk if there is a a sidewalk, especially in Florida. You do not want to be biking you do not want to be taking public transportation, far and few in between uh, available options. So it's a very different lifestyle. So if you're in a suburban area, you might not necessarily relate, but I will be doing a potential future episode on how social anxiety can actually be triggered in that particular non-urban area, because there are aspects of that life that can trigger social anxiety in different ways. And yes, it, if you do live in America and you're listening from America, the majority of people do spend their time in cars, going to work, going to school, buying groceries. It's all drive, drive, drive. Right. And yes, driving anxiety is real. So maybe that might be more pertinent to you if you are more in, in that lifestyle right now. Since I do live in a European city, most of the following talking points are from that perspective. Um, But we will have much in common if you do live in a city anywhere in the world. And by the way, if you don't actually live in a city, chances are that you might in the future because they are actually projecting that 68% of us will live in an urban area by 2050. All right. So first order of business, which is what I just touched upon, is driving in the city. Now, here's some reasons why driving can trigger your social anxiety. The first one is fear of judgment. So you worry about being judged by others. This can be especially true while driving in a public space and everyone can see you. You might worry that you're being judged on your driving skills, your appearance, or even the type of car you're in. Secondly, you have a fear of making mistakes, right? So driving requires you to make a lot of fast decisions and accurate ones. So you might worry about making mistakes, like running a red light or hitting another car or not understanding a road sign, for example. And this fear can lead to anxiety and distraction, making driving even more difficult. Thirdly, the fear of losing control. Driving requires you to maintain control at all costs of your vehicle and your emotions. You may worry about losing control of it, and this fear can lead to anxiety and panic attacks, making driving dangerous. Now, in addition to these general reasons, some specific triggers can actually prompt your social anxiety while driving. So, for example, you may feel anxious about driving in certain situations, such as driving in heavy traffic, driving on highways, driving at night, driving with passengers, driving in unfamiliar places. The list can be long. Now, let me share a story, my story, about driving in an unfamiliar place and how I got triggered and social anxiety showed up. Now, I will preface this part by mentioning that I've had my driver's license since I was 16, I had my first car at 17, and then many more after that. And since I moved to Amsterdam in 2019, I fully gave up owning a car because we just don't need it here. And it was one of the reasons why we wanted to move here because we just didn't want that lifestyle anymore of just commuting, commuting, commuting. But sometimes I need to get back behind the wheel. And that's where I run into nonsense. Now, mind you, I do not have a Dutch driving license, which I probably should because they do not accept American driving licenses here, which means that most of the time I do not understand the road signs and find myself stuck in a pickle. Now, no matter how often my husband tries to explain them to me, you know, they're in a different language, most of them are not in America. So it's definitely a challenge to drive here. So I'm not used to them. And they go by really fast that I can't process them on time. And another thing that you have to understand is that there's so much movement here. There's pedestrians, tourists, bikers, trams, buses, cars, and they're all moving at the same time in different directions. And most of the time, I have no clue where I'm going. And let me tell you that my Google Maps has failed me countless times that I had to continually stop to figure out where to go in that moment. I have serious beef with Google Maps. I remember this one time, so this is my story, where I ended up on a tram line where there were no cars allowed, right? So it's, it's just a street where the trams go. So there I was just driving on the, the tracks looking for a way out, but there was none. It just kept going. And I just started to panic because, one, I was driving with American license, And two, it wasn't my car. It was my father-in-law's car. So if the police saw me driving alone on the tram line, I I don't know how I would have gone out of that. Now, luckily, no tram came from either side. But oh my gosh, you can imagine my anxiety in that situation. And I had serious social anxiety because people were walking down the street and they were staring at me. They're like, why is this car here? Now, here's some things that you can do to make it easier on yourself. If you are susceptible to driving anxiety and it's something that you're holding back from from doing. Maybe you're just scared of it. Hopefully some of these tips can help. The first one is to plan your route ahead of time, right? So this will help you avoid unfamiliar areas like I ran into and situations that could trigger your anxiety. If you're in a new city like I was and Google Maps fails you, Yes, I understand, you know, there's also construction and one-way streets. So yes, you could plan out your route, but you might be derailed. But I do recommend you try to plan as much as you can and buffer in time to get to where you need to be. Secondly, try to drive during off-peak hours. Now, this is not always possible because of your schedule or your work situation, but it will help you avoid heavy traffic and other stressful driving conditions. Again, that's also not necessarily in your control. But it is a recommendation. Third, listen to calming music or podcasts on the way. This can help to distract you from your anxiety and make the driving experience more relaxing. And lastly, take breaks. So if you start to feel anxious, pull over to a safe place, take a few minutes to calm down, redirect yourself. Make sure you're going in the right direction. Take a few breaths and see if that helps you. The second thing I want to talk about when it comes to social anxiety in the city is biking, biking in the city. Now, if you don't know, there are about 1.3 bikes per person in the Netherlands. So there are more bikes than people in this country. So bikes here are like the staple of the culture. People bike everywhere at any time in any weather. They bike with five kids on the bike while holding another bike, a dresser, a flower pot, and so on. It's really amazing to watch the acrobatics that they do with bikes here. It's really like a daily circus act. So people just bike everywhere with their whole household. And I'm not that strong of a biker. Again, I grew up in America and it was all about the car. So if like me, you are biking in your city, here's some reasons why you might experience social anxiety. The first one, again, fear of being judged, right? So this can be true while cycling as well in a public space where everyone can see you. You may worry about being judged on your cycling skills, your appearance, or even the bike that you have. Let's Let's be real about that. People will judge the bike that you have similar to how they judge your car. It's, it's the same mentality. Secondly, the fear of falling. So biking requires you to maintain your balance and coordination. So you might worry about falling, especially in front of others. And this fear can lead to anxiety and distraction, making it harder to focus. And I've fallen a couple of times off my bike um, with the kids on it. So you can imagine the anxiety I had over that happening with so many eyes on me. The third thing is that you might have fear of traffic, right? So biking in traffic can be stressful and dangerous. You might worry about being hit by a car or causing an accident. And this, again, can generate anxiety and panic attacks, making it very stressful and dangerous. Lastly, you might have the fear of biking with others. So you may feel anxious about biking with other people, especially if they are strangers, right? So you're among people all the time. And or if you want to bike with your friends, this fear can be caused by several factors, such as, again, the fear of being judged or falling or not being able to keep up. So these are some of the reasons why social anxiety might show up. Now, I wanted to make a list of all the situations where social anxiety visited me on the bike. They're way more than this, but let me highlight a few specific situations I was in. When you're at the red light, it's as if you're at a starting line next to three or four other bikers, right? So people are not in a single file when they're at the stoplight, they line up next to each other. And then ultimately what needs to happen is that you need to converge into one file, obviously, right? Because it's one bike path. Now, not only do you have to be ready so you don't hold up the others behind you, But you have to make sure when you push off the bike that you're not steering the wheel too off course with the potential risk of bumping into somebody next to you, which happens more often than you think, where I almost hit the bike next to me. And then you have to find your way forward in the line with all these people trying to cut you off, the ones coming from behind. And you might also feel bad about cutting someone off as you race forward. And then you see them as they bike past you, giving you the stink eye. So it really feels like the Hunger Games bike edition. The second situation that has given me social anxiety is when you ding your bell at someone as you pass them by, or in my case, yell because I don't have a bell. And then they end up next to you at the next light. This is cringe. There's no metal between you and the other biker as there would be in a car where you can just look ahead and pretend that nothing happened. And yeah, you end up standing next to the person that you rang the bell at or yelled. So I have tried to minimize the amount of times that I yell at people. Now, the third situation I've run into is when you end up going against the grain. So one bike path is going this way and the other one is going the other way, similar to how the roads are, right? So you have a flow of traffic going one way and you, and a flow of traffic going the other way. Um, but then you somehow end up going the wrong way because maybe you missed the road you were supposed to take or... You ended up on the wrong side of the street. Now, technically, any bike path can be used bi-directionally, but it's frowned upon, right? If you have people just flowing one way, it's quite dangerous to have a biker coming from the opposite direction, especially if you maybe you're not paying attention or you're trying to overtake someone, it can cause problems. And I have been that person that has biked in the wrong direction. And I always die a little bit inside when I bike past people who have to move out of their way to make space for me, the intruder. That's definitely something that, that gives me anxiety. And there's other situations. I could go on and on and on, especially with the kids on the bike. I mean, I, I have so much to share, but that's the thing about biking. You're exposed to the world. People can talk to you at any moment. There's no shelter, um, like the roof of your car. So biking in the city is a whole new ball game. All right, let's move on to self-checkouts. I'll be using the example of self-checkouts at grocery stores. And yes. I realize that these are also available in non-urban areas, but I'm going to talk about them anyway here. And you can also relate if you're in a suburban place. You can relate to the social anxiety that comes with self-checkouts. Now here in Amsterdam, they have eliminated most cashiers. Um, That's definitely the case all over the world. I have seen recent articles and reports that they are bringing back cashiers. So that's a good thing. Um, But most of the time, still now, you have to go and do your own self-checkout. And then at the end, you get a receipt. You have to use that in order to open a gate to get out, right? So proof of purchase. That's like the only way to get out of grocery stores. So this is something that happens to me one time. I checked out. I purchased everything. I got the receipt. And two seconds later, it was gone. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I lost it. I don't know if I dropped it. If someone picked it, I don't know what happened. And all I could think about was, oh my goodness, they're going to think I didn't pay. And I also didn't want to pay twice for all the food again. And I was already like playing out the conversation in my head where they would be like, well, where's your receipt? Like, where did it go? And I had to force myself to get out of that role-playing situation and go ask for help. But it was very stressful because I also had to explain what happened in English, which isn't always easy because here the native language is Dutch. So I also had that double whammy at that moment in time. Now, I understand the whole technology thing at grocery stores, but it can create moments of social anxiety where you have to go ask for help or you freeze because something went wrong and people are staring. There's also the feeling of being an inconvenience, right? So having to go ask for help, people having to wait behind you for for something that happened, for a mistake that maybe you did or a system failure. Now, here's some reasons why social anxiety shows up at self-checkouts. The fear of failure, right? So you might worry people think you're shoplifting if the machine malfunctions, especially if you might look like you just came off the street because you didn't sleep the whole night, which is the way that I walk out of the house most of the time. You might also worry about having to ask for help, like I mentioned earlier, especially if a long line of people is waiting to check out. There's that added pressure on you. Then there's a fear of incompetence. You might actually worry that you didn't go through the process properly. It's your fault, right? And then you didn't get the receipts. It's your fault. And then you have to explain to the person what happened. You'll feel stupid, even though that happens so often with the machines. Then there's a fear of symptoms propping up. If you have to ask for help and you're frazzled, the words might not come out right. And you might blush. And then there, that's a whole new trigger that you have to deal with. Like, what is wrong with this person? She's blushing. She's probably lying about what's happening, right? Now, here's some specific reasons why social anxiety might be triggered at self-checkouts. So, for example, you might have a lot of groceries. You're shopping with other people. You are using a self-checkout for the first time or you've had a bad experience with self-checkout in the past. And now, because this is definitely an ongoing thing for me as well, here are some things that have helped me in the past to feel better about self-checkouts. So choosing a self-checkout that is not necessarily busy. So this will give you more time to scan your items and complete the transaction without feeling rushed. You can also bring someone with you. This can help you feel more comfortable and confident. And lastly, you can always go to the sales clerk instead of the self checkout if there is one now let's talk about throwing the trash another thing that needs to be done in the city yes this probably looks very different for all of us depending on where we live and the city services but here's the setup in amsterdam now most of us don't have personal garbage bins there are underground containers on each street there's one for cartons one for glass and one for regular trash Don't ask me why there's not one for plastic. It's bothersome, but such is life. So you have to walk out in all types of weather and put the trash inside this container. But you can't leave the trash bag outside on the sidewalk if the container is full, right? If the little lid does not open. We actually found that out the wrong way because we did leave a bag of trash after coming down from the fourth floor, walking all the way down the street and It was a full container, so and we really had to go. There was no way we are going to go back up the street up to our home and leave the trash. So we left the trash next to the container, hoping the garbage truck would pick it up. Unfortunately, what happens here is that they go through the trash, right? If it's left on the curb, they will open that bag. And they found the paper with our name on it, with the address, and we got fined for leaving it there. So you can either take the bag home, which sucks if you're on the way to work and it's heavy because you have to lug it up the steep stairs, you know, it smells, it could break. Or you keep walking down the street until you find a container that has space, which also sucks in its own way. The other day, I had to walk around with a trash bag like three blocks looking for a container because I didn't know where the other ones were on the other streets, right? I don't, I don't walk around this entire neighborhood. I, I know where my containers are I don't know where the other ones are. And I'm like, where the heck are they? And I'm just walking around with a trash bag looking lost. At that point, I got anxious because then when I tried to put it in a container and it didn't fit, I had to force it in somehow, which was a whole new type of ordeal. Let me just tell you how much I hate throwing trash here. Now, if this is something you can relate to, um, here's some reasons why taking out the trash can bring out social anxiety. The fear of being seen as messy. Now, you may worry about being seen as messy or disorganized. You might be anxious about your trash bag being visible to others or about spilling or dropping something out of it. Then there's the fear of being approached. You may worry about being approached by strangers or acquaintances while taking up the trash. You might feel pressured to have a conversation or worry about being seen as rude if you ignore the person. And lastly, there's also the fear of embarrassment. You may worry about embarrassing yourself while taking out the trash, you know, about tripping or falling, spilling, dropping. So that can definitely come into play as well. Now, here are a few things that can help potentially reduce the social anxiety around trash. Choose a time to take out the trash when fewer people are around. So this might be really early in the morning or really late at night. You can also take out the trash in batches and this will make it less noticeable and less likely that you will spill or drop something. You can also take a friend or a family member with you. This can help you feel more comfortable and confident. All right, the last part I want to touch upon is being a pedestrian in a city. So walking the streets can bring out social anxiety in many ways. I mean, this is the ultimate exposure, isn't it? You're bound to run into people you know, or even strangers who give you strange looks for no reason. Being stuck in lines or at crossings can enhance social anxiety if you feel awkward about being there. And especially if you're lost and staring at your phone, and potentially bumping into people by accident. Because then you become that person, you know, the annoying one that can't unglue themselves from the phone for a moment to be present in the world, except you can't make the case for yourself that you're not that person, that you're just trying to find your way. So here are a few reasons why walking in a city can bring out social anxiety. The fear of being judged. You may worry about your appearance, your clothes, or even how you walk. But the worst part of this is being called out or having the thought that you could be called out on it. And as a woman, I can't express how often I've been stopped or tried to be talked to when I just minded my business. Then there's a fear of crowds. You may feel overwhelmed and anxious in crowds. Cities are often densely populated and you may be surrounded by people while walking and this can just be very stressful. Then there's the fear of being approached. You may worry about someone approaching you, a stranger, while you're walking in a city. He may feel pressured to have a conversation or be worried about being seen as rude if you walk away. And lastly, there's a fear of embarrassment. You may worry about embarrassing yourself while walking in a city. You may be anxious about tripping or falling or bumping into somebody. Now, the funny thing is that I got used to being ignored as a pedestrian in the States. Again, people just did not walk in Florida. And when I did travel out of state and I walked to the streets, for example, in Nashville, Austin, Denver, New York City, whatever the case may be, pedestrians, Don't necessarily have right of way. I mean, technically they they do by law, but cars don't really pay attention to pedestrians because it's more of a car culture in the States. So you can imagine my horror of being placed under the spotlight whenever I cross the street here as if I'm a celebrity and everyone needs to stop for me because all cars stop for pedestrians here. And sometimes I feel like I'm an inconvenience for making them stop. So there's this interesting inner struggle, right, where I know I have right of way. I know they're going to stop, but I don't want them to. So most of the time I kind of let them go um, because I know it takes a lot of effort for a car to stop and then there's cars behind them. Who knows? Accidents could happen. And and yes, it's something I need to to rethink. You know, I live in a different society now, but it's still ingrained in me to just not cross the street because um accidents could happen. And the worst part is that, you know, when I'm walking with my three year old, she likes to take her time, especially when we're crossing the streets and then cars just line up waiting for us to cross. So, yeah. And in one way or another, walking in a city can bring out a lot of emotions, triggers and trauma if you've experienced something unpleasant. And I'm not saying there isn't any social anxiety in the suburbs, but the city is more challenging as more moving parts are out of our control. It's not like I can press a button, have my garage door open and then walk into my home without ever running into a human. So if you live in a city, um, you probably have experienced most of the situations that I've outlined and you probably had some feelings bubble up as I shared some of my stories and I would love to hear what brings out your social anxiety in the city or even in the suburbs. I would love to know that so that I can make a a proper episode next time on social anxiety in the suburbs. And I would also love to know if you've done something to manage it or if you're just grinding your teeth and just surviving living in the city. So you can always reach me at Honest Rocks on Instagram, or you can send me an email at rocks at rocks. So thank you again for being here, for listening, for supporting, for sharing the podcast. I've had an overwhelming positive response to all the episodes that I've posted so far. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. I know there's limited time that we all have during the day. And as much as I would love to give my time to every content creator and podcast out there, it's just not humanly possible. So I really do want to thank you for taking the time to listen to my voice and to be part of my little universe. So hopefully I get to hear from you. I will be back next week with a different kind of episode. I will have a guest on and he will be sharing his story with us, his social anxiety story. So I'm excited to start bringing in some people to talk about their experiences with social anxiety. So until then, have an awesome week.